0: Welcome back to Seattle's Morning News. I'm Travis Mayfield sitting in for Dave Ross, along with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. Today marks one year since Russia invaded Ukraine and began that war. During the past 12 months, thousands of Ukrainian families have sought refuge here in the Pacific Northwest. Cairo News Radio's Nicole Jennings met with one Ukrainian family, Yosip and Tetiana Lakatosh, who now live in Everett. One year ago, life changed forever for millions of Ukrainian families, including the Lakatosh family of Kharkiv. Speaking through an interpreter, Yosip Lakatosh recalls how he and his wife, Tatyana, woke up to a phone call at 5 a.m. that day.
1: So it all started on the 24th of February. He got a call from his mom. And
0: his mom said uh, the war has started. Kharkiv was one of the first cities that Russia targeted. The
1: Russian tanks came to Ukraine and started sending rockets.
0: So you were very close to the fighting? Really
1: kilometers. 60
0: kilometers. yeah. The Lakatoshes had a bomb shelter in their backyard that they hid in with their three children.
1: They made it into, like, a game where they're like, oh, let's go into the bomb shelters. They would, like, do, like, picnics and things like that. Um, the older one understood more, um, but for the little ones, they tried to make it a game.
0: But soon, the family made the hardest decision imaginable. After they had to be in the uh, bomb
1: shelters underground for two, three days,
0: that's when they decided they need to go. Leaving would take lots of money, and funds were tight because the Lakatoshes had just finished renovating their new house. That house sits behind in Kharkiv, housing refugees. They tell me it's still standing, for now. Taking only a change of clothes each and their identification documents, the family piled into Yosip's work van and drove to Moldova. They wrote kids on the side of the van so they wouldn't be attacked. Along the way, Yosip says they saw cities destroyed by bombs. He could see it with his eyes, but
1: on the inside couldn't believe it, like how was this happening to my country? And it was kind of unexpected because... They were all just living their lives, and then the war started.
0: After two days, they arrived in Moldova, and with the help of volunteers, they went to Romania. The Lakatoshes knew they wanted to come to the U.S. because they had family here, including Tatiana's father. But the American embassy in Romania told them the next appointment to get a visa was six months away. The next option was to fly to Mexico and come through the southern border into California.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: After they crossed the border, the U.S.-Mexico border, they were taken to the detention center where they were there for three days. After their release, the government still tracked the family with an ankle monitor for a while. They also had to turn in their passports. From California, the Lakatoshes flew to Washington where they have family. Groups like Volunteers of America, DSHS, and Refugee Immigrant Services helped them to find housing in Everett. At first, it was a tough transition for the kids, especially their middle child, eight-year-old Katerina. She missed the pet cats she left behind with friends in Ukraine. In Kharkiv, Katerina had taken part in extracurricular activities like piano lessons and art clubs, but here she didn't understand English and had a tough time making friends. There was also no money for music lessons. At school, she didn't understand anything. And she, every
1: morning, would just get up in tears and be like, take me back to the war I'd rather live in the bomb shelters.
0: But the past year has been transformative for Katarina. <laughs>
1: so when they moved to these apartments, there's a lot of Russian and Ukrainians around here. So she at least has now friends that she can understand and talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got as a gift a keyboard. So she's been playing things what she remembers on there.
0: Katerina and her brothers, 11-year-old Josip and 5-year-old David, are thriving at their English classes in school, and they've been able to take part in extracurricular activities. The kids get to go to a
1: group for 45 minutes every day where the teacher works with them on learning English, how to pronounce things. The teachers themselves are very nice. They try to uh, help the children find friends. Their oldest son is now trying out like swim classes and the Croatia class? mm-hmm. soccer.
0: And even though Katerina can't get a cat here because of the apartment's rules, she gets updates on her pets through video calls with friends in Ukraine. For the adults, having a tight-knit community through relatives, their church group, and other Ukrainian friends from their English classes at Everett Community College has helped them to feel at home. Tetiana's sisters have also since immigrated, so they have lots of family here. They've not yet gotten social security numbers or visas so that they can begin working, but they're hopeful that paperwork will soon be processed. Their favorite part of living in Washington is the natural beauty. They frequently go on hikes. (laughs) He loves the nature that they can go as a family and see
1: waterfalls and stuff.
0: The kids love to go to the Makhaltiyo, the ocean here. The family hopes to go back to Ukraine one day, but they don't know when it will be safe. And they know that if they do return, it will be a different country. When they left Ukraine, that
1: was the old Ukraine. Even if they get to go back, it'll never be the same. Things have changed. And like
0: people who lived through the war, they won't be the same either. Nicole Jennings, Cairo News Radio. And there will be a vigil for Ukraine at 4 p.m. today at St. John's Episcopal Church in Kirkland and a rally with the Ukrainian Association of Washington at noon tomorrow at Seattle Center.